Welcome, everybody, to Slip Angle, episode four, I believe. I am your host, Austin Cabot, joined by your other host, Adam Bay. Yeah, I'm here, I think. But, yep, I got blue things on the screen. Perfect. Recorded stuff. Perfect. All right. Um, this is my first time actually using all the equipment that I bought for this uh, podcast. Man, that almost sounded too rehearsed, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh. I'm uh, <laughs> using a pop filter because I remember to now. Okay. So uh, I, I actually got a complaint from uh, from my buddy on the East Coast, uh, Matt. Um, he's a t- he's a Honda tuner, and he helps out a bunch of uh, Honda Challenge and SCCA racer guys. Uh, and he listened to our podcast for the first time on his. Uh, I think he was coming back from the Watkins Glen SCCA Major yesterday, and uh, he was he was sending me messages about how I desperately needed a pop filter, and he's angry at me. <laughs> <laughs> Did he say anything about the squeaky mic? Uh, no, I don't think he listened to that one. Oh, okay. Or maybe he did. Maybe Yeah, I think he listened to the one with the drift. He didn't say anything about Squeaky Mike, but a lot of other people did. So, <laughs> yeah, I was on uh, I was on the little mic talking, just like, handing it back and forth to David at the, in the last one. And uh, and then I just kind of – because it's kind of a fun little metal mic, and I just fiddling with it like a little stupid kid. <laughs> so, no one said I mean, we were perfect, right? No, I apologize about that uh, to the listeners. So – Speaking of Watkins man. Glen, man, I didn't know there was that much nice stuff around. I saw Jalopnik, one of the writers from Jalopnik, wrote a nice article about the area. Oh, it's uh, like the prettiest it. place in the world, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to go immediately now. I, I've never been up there. I've only watched in-car footage from the place, and it scares me a little bit. Because there's, <laughs> there's big walls and lots of stuff that you can hit. But, I mean, there's that everywhere. I mean, that's like Mid-Ohio, Road America, yeah. any any professional-level course. Oh yeah, it's, it's pretty big, much the yeah. way that it is. Yeah, you got big hard walls and the the fence that kind of arches over. That's the coolest looking thing is having the fence that like bows over on the top. It looks so pro. I love those. Speaking <laughs> of those fences that curl over the top, that NASCAR race this weekend looked pretty nasty, man. Yeah, I walk I walk into work this morning and uh, I work with my dad. We do a we have a small construction company, and he says, uh, "Did you see this NASCAR crash?" And he's like, got the, "He's got this still of like one car directly over top of the other at like 180 miles an hour." Or something was that a uh, sprint cup race or was it nationwide or i don't really know i just saw a quick uh, video clip of it uh but if it was on sunday which i believe was yesterday that's the main series isn't it yeah that's probably this my my neighbor yeah my neighbor is a huge nascar fan um and he uh he was yelling at me across the street asking me if i saw the crash um and he said it was like at 2 30 in the morning so that must have been like a rain delay or something wow 2 30 yeah, I think it happened like way in the middle of the night. Jeez, um, but I I don't know any other details about that. I really only watch the NASCAR uh, road race stuff. Um, where do they all race? They race in uh, uh, Sonoma. Yeah, Sonoma and, was what two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, some of the road race stuff is really fun to watch. Um, the, those cars are so evenly matched, and some of those guys are not good at road at uh, road courses. <laughs> now the road course cars, it's a completely separate chassis, I believe, from the circle course or the circle yeah. track cars. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, stock car stuff like that. There's there's a couple classes. There's classes in SCCA and NASA for it, and some of the guys convert the circle track chassis. But yeah, most of them definitely start with with roundy with uh, with you know, not roundy round chassis. They they want road course chassis. Yeah, because the the roundy round chassis. I don't think the wheelbase is square. Isn't one like the left side wheelbase a little like longer that. than and, and <laughs> or like the right the, side? Maybe the geometry I think is different on uh, on the suspension arms or something. 
You know, I always thought it would be interesting if NASCAR just threw like a, a little wrench in for people that were like, yeah, you know, I think we're going to run counterclockwise today. Or that would be so clockwise, awesome. Rather, clockwise. Cause they always that is what they need to do. They need to run like, uh, you know, a spec series where everybody – not a spec series, like a sealed series where everybody has to run the same car <laughs> the I entire just, season. Put the, put the seat in the center like all the real race cars like yeah, IndyCar and yeah. F1. Yeah, instead of having a half a dozen cars and a different car for every track and – uh, it, the, I, I did hear something the other day that there are a bunch of privateer like NASCAR teams. I didn't know this. Yeah, I think there uh, there's a lot that'll actually if they qualify for the race, they're golden. They'll go out, yeah. they'll run just a couple laps, and that's it because yep. that'll um, that'll pay them enough to make it worthwhile. Yeah, I think like to build one of those cars, you can build it yourself pretty much, and you can probably get get into one for like sixty, seventy grand if you're building like a pretty much top shelf chassis. If you're building it yourself, I thought there was um, some but, team that was selling everything, and it was like two cars and a couple spare motors and yeah, stuff for like, like that. thirty grand or something. Yeah, like yeah, it was super, yeah. super cheap. I remember seeing that just a couple weeks ago. The, the uh, uh, a friend of mine, um, you probably know him. Um, he uh, he's instructed for uh, for Expo and. Uh, um, he, uh, he's tuned for a couple of teams, Sander Marks out in, uh, I think he lives in Baltimore area right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's tuned for, done data work for an independent team. They haven't qualified for the uh, sprint cup. I don't think in any of the races, but yeah, they go out there and, and they try, man. Wow. So, uh, yeah, that would be, any, I mean, talk about amateur level racing to the next level. That's, that's gotta just be intense trying to get into NASCAR. Yeah. I can't imagine. <laughs> I'm having a hard enough time trying to, uh, to be mid-pack uh, in in the few SCCA races I can run. Speaking of amateur level racing, uh, Drive Channel posted up on their Facebook a couple, uh, maybe Friday or so, asking if uh, Pikes Peak was still, I guess, a, a valid race. Um, and I blatantly made the point that, uh, to me, it was very, very relevant still because really any amateur that has the drive and the motivation uh, and I mean, a little oh, bit of yeah. money can actually go out and compete on a, a world class stage, kind of like uh, like the Isle of Man. You know, it's one of the yeah. few events. You know, th- in th- Bonneville Salt think, Flats, stuff like that. Yeah, um, I totally agree. Like, I think I think that it, it also separates like the men from the boys. Like, even just if, just getting there, you know. Oh yeah, and 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 getting through the uh, the test days and getting to the race. It's even even if it's not like you know the glory days when it was half unpaved or whatever, and uh, it, it's still. Uh, I would love to see more media coverage from it and stuff, but I mean it, it's it's like a, a bucket list thing for a lot of people, and most of them won't ever do it. And it's kind of a bucket list for me, man. I don't know if I'll do it. It's just it's too it's almost too much when you go there and you see the scale of that place, man. It's just nuts. It's so nuts. Have you have you ever uh, driven up the road or no? No, no, I've actually never been out to uh, to Pikes Peak at all. If uh, if you ever get to Colorado, it's if you're if you got to drive two or three hours in the wrong direction, uh, and the weather's good enough to get to the the summit, it's it's like nothing you've ever seen. But it's like it's a different world, man. It's crazy. I've seen a lot of photos, and uh, you know, a couple of my friends that are into photography and stuff went this year, and yeah. uh, they said it was just absolutely amazing. I think the race got like they got snowed on at the top, and I think they had to cut it short because of uh, crazy uh, storms. Yeah, I think they um, ended up with like two inches of of hail slash snow on yeah, the ground, yeah. and they ended up only being able to run halfway for the second half of the day. Yeah, the Midwest's uh, own Jeremiah Fox did pretty well too. He, yeah, uh, I think he got fourth overall in the time attack group. Yeah, so. yeah, he did, and very respectable time. 
I think like ten, ten forty seven, maybe ten forty six. Yeah, especially for yeah a first timer going up that mountain. Like if if uh, if if you can't memorize like every turn between Chicago and Georgia, like that's like <laughs> the amount of turns you have to memorize, and you have to do it at breakneck speed. And if you screw it up. Uh, and most of them look the same too. Uh, if you screw it up, uh, you'll fall 200 feet to a pile of rocks. So it's, it's kind of, there's a lot of crazy spots to go off. I mean, it's just it, to, to run that mountain, like at, you know, maximum effort, you gotta do it for 20 years, like Reese Millen or uh, monster Tajima. It's just, it's bizarre i mean those, it's literally bizarre those guys have, have absolutely dedicated their lives to it just like just like in europe the especially the motorcycle mm-hmm. racers that run isle of man yeah you know it's yeah. it's pretty much for them it's a, a lifelong calling and they'll go for as long as they can yeah th- there's a lot of guys uh, smaller privateers that that do pikes peak like almost every year um that and and you you might never hear their name because they probably only finish half of the time but it's like the only thing they do um so it has its like own little, uh, you know how you know how the track day group has you know there's there's like a thousand like hardcore track day guys maybe two thousand across the country and then like ten thousand semi hardcore guys and then there's probably I don't know fifteen thousand racers and uh, and five thousand hardcore racers and there's like fifty of these guys and and they're so into it it's just like what they do. Uh, and I got a lot of respect for some of the guys that just go back every year and it's like their thing. It's what they do. And it's, it's like the scariest thing you can do. It's like a, a, a larger level of the people that only bring their cars out to Honda meet every year and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, <laughs> except for you cannot test for this place because it, it might be different. Like the conditions, it might be pouring rain halfway up. You might be in, uh, hail and maybe skating across rocks from the guy in front of you. Um, you know, it, it might be 100 degrees at the bottom and 27 up top. It's really – it's a weird place, man. Yeah, you, someone you someone was saying that, you know, you don't really necessarily battle your competitors. You battle the mountain yeah, because it just yeah. throws anything and everything at you. And and you can't even plan for it like day of. Like you might get there uh, and you sometimes you don't know what when you're running um, because I think the fastest guy in qualifying, at least a couple of years ago when we were there, picks which group runs when. Um, and so he gets to pick his ideal time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so you really don't know until like the day before, like when you're running and that guy doesn't have to pick until the day of, I think, because he gets to choose the ideal weather conditions and stuff like that. Uh, so you mm-hmm. you almost can't even plan. Like you got like 10 minutes before you run to like s- see what it's like. <laughs> Man. It's, it's really weird, dude. <laughs> yeah, and I heard, I heard the storm that came this year rolled in in a matter of minutes. It was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it just started, you know, hailing and super yeah. dark and cold. And yeah, you know. when, when, when we were there in 2012 with, uh, with love fab, um, we were, we were shooting, uh, we had made it through all the practice days uh, and, and we were, we had qualified for the race and somehow, you know, Cody had had issues with the car. He had, you know, hit a rock real hard, hit another rock pretty hard. Um, but we qualified and the car looked good still after a lot of carbon fiber work and stuff. And, uh, and I think it was import tuner where they, they had sent a guy to take pictures of the car. Um, pretty famous photographer, dude. Lindbergh. Uh, oh yeah, Lindbergh. yeah. He What's shoots for uh, for Speed Hunters now. I think. Yeah, he shoots all over the place. Yeah, um, and like we're we're flying up the mountain to try and after 
or no, it was right before the, they have like a park expose kind of like car show in downtown Colorado Springs usually. Mm-hmm. And we had to go shoot the, the car either right before or right after that. So we were like in a hurry to run up the mountain. Um, and they got to the Devil's Playground area, which is, they call it the Devil's Playground because like the, the lightning storms there just pop up instantly and it looks like, uh, I mean, it's kind of devilish. And, cause they, and they hit the rocks and they dance around the rocks the lightning strikes do. Huh. And it's it's kind of this like, uh, it's almost like a parking lot, but it's giant boulders. And you, that's where a lot of people park. They start uh, like the top section from that area, uh, of the top section of the race practice times from that area. And a lot of spectators parked there. But we were going to take a photo. And, and there's a ton of pictures of, of the LoveFab NSX uh, from this because that's, the photo happened. But the storm, it was beautiful out. And we get up the mountain. We get the car unloaded. And then, like, within four minutes, it looks like a thunderstorm is going to hit us hard. Um, and then it misses misses us. And we got crazy shots with, like, lightning right in the background. And it was dry. We didn't even get rained on. But giant hail was hitting the other side of the mountain. It, the The weather there is just unbelievable. Um, it, you can't count on anything. Like I don't. I, that that would be half of the stress of trying to race there. Is it, like you really won't know until you're about ready to put the racing suit on. Like what it's going to be like, and it might change in the ten minutes that it takes to get to the top. Yeah, and <laughs> so. I know this year too when uh, they only ran this, you know, the half of the race or the half of the mountain for the second half of the day. Uh, I think yeah. they required you to have rain tires or, or some sort of sipe tires or something. So yeah, there were a lot yeah. of guys that that didn't come prepared for that and just yeah. couldn't run. And they're on our compounds or whatever with no lines. Yeah, and, or uh, or full slicks, you know. Um, yeah, it, it's a stressful event, but. For the, for the people that run it, it's like, you know, that's their world. Like, it's what they do. Um, for, you know, for the people listening that run, like you said, like Honda Meet is their big thing. Or like now the Grid Life events that we're running, it's their big thing. Since our, our target audience right now so far is probably all of our buddies from Grid Life. Um, the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, if that, if that series is their thing, like... Think of like one session at at those events. That's like the track time that you get, and these people spend like fifty grand a year, or twenty grand a year, or like every spare bit of income building their car. Um, you know, some of them like Jeff Swart, who won Time Attack this year. He's got a GT3 Cup car. I think it's a 991 chassis with a GT2 turbo motor, and it's just built for this event. I mean, it's got to be what half a million dollar car. Yeah. It's just he's a, Pike Speed. He's a really interesting guy. I don't know if you know a lot of his background, but he's actually a uh, photographer and, and filmmaker. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's mainly uh, automotive photography and filmmaking. Yeah, he's well known in that in that industry. I found that out like after uh after last year. He was uh he was pitted um in the Devil's Playground area the day I was there for practice and I was talking to another guy and he's like, "Yeah, you know what uh, what Swart does?" Like we were talking about him after uh after he he launched off of the the line by uh for the for the top section practice and like the car sounded so awesome. It was so fast <laughs> and um I've never seen a car like hook that hard with like crappy traction. The dude's got the car set up so well, and the guy I was talking to is—he's uh, Jason McDaniel from uh, Vorschlag um, in the Dallas area. He—he uh, was—he was telling me all what he, what, he, what he, interesting dude, man. It's Jeff, Jeff Swartz got—he's been doing this stuff a long time. Yeah, um, and yeah, really a cool background. Um, total car guy, I guess. Oh, absolutely! Like from every aspect of his life, from his job over to his yeah. hobbies. I mean, I think he has an old like three five six Speedster or some old. Man. 
Porsche 356 that he drives around still. I've seen pictures of it on Instagram, like, in the rain and in the snow, yep. and it's this old that's Porsche awesome. that's probably worth, like, a couple hundred thousand dollars now. I so saw one just, of those He just drives it. Uh, it it might have been a replica, but it looked kind of legit. It looked old and beat up over by uh, the Michigan Lakeshore. Sarah and Sarah and I took Emma down to uh, New Buffalo, Michigan. Oh yeah, it's beautiful um, over and, there. Yeah, we were cruising twelve twenty the, uh, uh, the 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 off road or the back road route. If you ever want to come back from Gingerman towards Chicago, take twelve twenty because then you don't sit in the the traffic jams. Uh, Is that the one that comes straight weekend. straight to Gary? Like it goes by Whirlpool yeah. headquarters and yeah. like right by the water. Yeah. I've done that on motorcycle before. It's it, beautiful. It's a, it's a nice ride. There's a yeah. especially from uh from like St. Joseph area down into towards Michigan City, a little bit past Michigan City, hit the Indiana Dunes National Lakeshore. You know, yeah. we saw we saw a 356 Speedster or whatever it is, you know, the ancient Porsche. Um a dude, older guy just just, just uh, his he he had a scarf on and just cruising down the road. <laughs> so, <laughs> I hope it was real. It might have been a VW Bug underneath, but that's pretty much the same car anyway. Yeah, I mean uh, back then, I mean they were pretty much the same exact vehicle. Just they cut the roof off and and yeah. massaged the body panels. Yep, made it a little prettier. <laughs> uh, um, we were going to talk this this episode. We we're trying, you know, for the listeners, we're trying to plan these things a little bit, and then now it's what seventeen minutes in, and we've just been BSing. <laughs> um, we're we're going to talk a little bit about um, our backgrounds and like who we are, what we do, um, and then uh, and then talk about our cars a little bit, so people know kind of where we're coming from. So Austin, where where you currently live? And what do you do? Who is your daddy and what does he do? Let's see. I currently reside in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Um, my dad is retired. Uh, his name is Larry. So that is my dad and what he does. Um, I, I, I was doing an Arnold uh, impression, impression and I forgot to do the impression. So, uh, yeah, you know, the early 2000s, the Arnold sound clips were like the funniest thing in the world to play in your college dorm room. Who was your daddy? Uh, uh, no, that wasn't very good. Get to the chopper. <laughs> um, so you, so uh, you drive a lot of miles. Why do you drive so many miles? Austin? I drive a decent amount of miles. Uh, I am in sales. Uh, I cover all of Georgia, all of Alabama, and the panhandle of Florida. So last week was very interesting. If some of you remember, I was in Kentucky. Um, but right after that, on Monday, I drove back to Atlanta. Uh, Tuesday, I went to Mobile, Alabama, and then got to go to Seaside, Florida um, at the end of last week, which is where they filmed the Truman Show. My aunt was there, and this happens to be in my territory for work. So I got to go there and hang out and work that area for a little bit, so... Uh, I think last year I drove about 55,000 miles in my newer Volkswagen Jetta TDI Sport Wagon. Um, bought it last year with three miles on it. It's now got sixty, almost 63,000 on it. So At least you know the jerk that put it all on there. Yeah, some some guy that's just crazy and has yeah. no no remorse for anything me- mechanical. <laughs> Yeah, really, really cool. Good choice for uh, for a uh, daily driver for that kind of use, especially. Oh yeah, it's great, especially when you get paid mileage. Uh, it, yeah. it it works out fairly nice. I mean, I for what they pay me, I could probably drive a newer F two fifty or something yeah. like that, um, just for mileage for work. But what's the point if you get to keep the extra? So and that that 
that Volkswagen, it's got to be just about as comfortable as anything. Oh, man, it's um, super, super comfortable. They're so much better than the older Volkswagens. Back in college, my, my roommate was kind of into, uh, my roommate Josh Blocker was kind of into VWs. And then he got a Type R afterwards, and that kind of got me into the Type R thing. But um, he, he had like a, I think it was an 88 uh, Jetta four-door. And we swapped a motor on it. We turboed it, and what a heap of junk! I just, <laughs> it's such a, like they were they, they were fun, and they had like their they had cool like quirky niche to them, you know. Uh, and they're still really popular race cars, but like the wiring on that thing was atrocious. Yeah, and like the seats, he bought like the better Recaro seats, and they were cool. But like the factory seats sucked, and like everything just fell apart. The door cards like just rotted out because they're cardboard. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been surprised. Volkswagen has actually come a long way in recent oh, years, and I so far. I did so not far. realize until I own one, at least on the gas mm-hmm. the gas motor Volkswagen side, that you could make so much power with oh, yeah. just a tune. Yep, I had no idea at all. Yeah, the uh, they, they the motors I think are pretty solid in the Volkswagen. I uh, uh, the only one that I really played with was the older eight valve stuff, and then a while back I bought a VR6 Jetta to just to fix and flip, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the motors are so well built. It's like in the two thousands, the nineties and two thousands, some of the electrical stuff was just really, really like proprietary and dumb design. Oh yeah, like, that was that's the, that's what made Volkswagen made a horrible name for themselves. Oh, yeah. Them and, yeah. and Audi. I mean, their sister company. Just yep. that's when the reliability just started going in the tank, and I, I still think people remember them for that. They haven't yeah, really, they do. haven't forgiven them. <laughs> they they built such cool cars, but like if you had a VR6 Jetta, like past like fifty thousand miles, like the spark plug wires arced around like crazy. I had one, the one that I swapped. Uh, I started it with a little bit of. Uh, um, uh, coolant in it because the coolant lines I just fired it to make, make sure it was working the coolant lines are all plastic and stupid and I had to make a bunch of T's but I started it to make sure the wiring was all good and it was fine so I fixed all the coolant stuff I had swapped the motor into it it was just you know just a nice car it was like a 98 or 99 um, just totally stock but I get the motor in it fires up it runs um, and then um, fix the coolant lines and my brother had this situation earlier, and I didn't know that on a different VR6 that he was fi- he had fixed for somebody. But um, I took some like brake cleaner, some flammable brake cleaner, and I was going to clean the spark plug wires while it was while it was running. And I lit the motor on fire because they were arcing so bad, <laughs> that, like but they were literally sparking between the wires, and it was getting misfire code. And so it's idling, and I, like, hit a, a brake cleaner on a rag, and poof, the thing goes up in smoke. Wow. Yes. <laughs> uh, it, it wasn't, you know, too big of a deal, but um, in order to sell it without a misfire code, I took, I went and bought a bunch of 516th coolant hose and just spent, like, 20 minutes with a razor blade slicing it open. And putting um, it over the wire? And, and I made, you know, I insulated the wire. Because the <laughs> wires, like, you can only buy them from Volkswagen, and they were, like, $280 or something. Jeez. <laughs> so, yeah, they were really stupid expensive, and I was down to the margins on this one. I wanted to make some money, you know. But yeah, we uh, that was I flipped a lot of cars a few years ago because my my wife and I borrowed some money from my grandma for the down payment on our house probably eight years ago, so we didn't have to get private mortgage insurance and stuff. And I wanted to pay grandma off as fast as I could, so I was just buying and selling and flipping cars. <laughs> it's like making a thousand bucks here, a thousand bucks there. What's nice is that in in Illinois you can do that. You know, in, well, in some states you, like, you like Georgia, te- well, Georgia now, whenever you buy a vehicle and, and title it, yep. um, you have to pay the full tax value 
of the vehicle. Well, technically in Illinois, you have to do that too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I, uh, oh, no, I but, just, but what it was, you know how you pay in Illinois, you pay like $100 a year or $200 yeah. a year tax. In Georgia yeah. now, you just pay like $20, just your tag fee. You pay all your tax up front. Oh, nice. That's um, not bad. That's not a bad way to do it, except for the first time. Yeah, except for when you're wanting to flip vehicles if you title them in your name. When I lived yeah. in Schaumburg, though, up in Chicago, um, you know, I think Cook County instituted an extra like $200 tax. Oh, it's so, so dumb. Yeah, it's it, so was, dumb. it was absolutely ridiculous. Every uh, every vehicle that I flipped, except for a couple of them, I titled in my name. But most of them, it was you know I bought it from a friend and he needed it gone, you know, and so I put a new motor in it or trans or axles and you know just did basic work to it and sold it to somebody else for a thousand bucks more, you know. Yeah. Um, so I would just say, oh yeah, I bought it from my buddy and here's his thing, and so you can just put it in your name. <laughs> they look at me, look at you a little sideways, and say, well, I can title it in my name, but you're gonna have to wait two weeks, and it's gonna cost you another two hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, now if I buy anything. And I plan on flipping it. I just don't even sign the title and don't yeah. sign the bill of sale. Nothing, and then you can just transfer it straight over. Yeah, the uh, uh, it, the the government definitely figures out how to get its uh, its piece out of you, no matter what you do. But the I do kind of miss doing some of that uh, that cash side work. That was kind of fun work. Yeah. It, well, speaking of no. work, what what do you do? Just for the listeners, what do you do for oh, yeah. your day to day? Talk about things. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> um, I I am a I, I went to college uh, for a couple of years and then I figured out that I hated books and I got all depressed and I got decent grades and stuff but I went to school in Michigan uh, but then I I'd always worked for my dad my dad owned a couple of small small door and window companies down in Chicago um, and then he sold those companies to his managers at each one um, he was kind of semi retired for a while. Um, Bought a place in Arizona, sold it uh, a while after that, um, and we started a glass company and a door and window company. Um, so we have a kind of a small, basically, we if, it, if there's a hole in a house, we fill it like a window, stained glass, doors, entry doors, and you know, all that kind of stuff. So. so rather than getting your foot in the door somewhere else, you just make the door yourself, and then yeah. and then you're good. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah, we're we're, uh, we're we're small. We're kind of niche. Uh, we do weird stuff. Uh, we do boring stuff. We do high end stuff, and then security doors in the hood. You know, all kinds of stuff. So, but um, I'm the I'm the main installer. Um, so I I get dirty, and tomorrow I have to go work for a crazy cat lady uh, in my in the same town I live in. Oh, that sounds like uh, lots of fun. She's got so many cats, and it smells. <laughs> it smells so bad in her house. Is this like straight cat so, piss, or? Uh, yeah, it smells like <laughs> it smells like an eighty-year-old lady who doesn't vacuum, and her cats pee all over the house. Oh. So that so that you know like, that's a bad day. And like a good day is like I get to hang out in the garage, put a new garage door up for a dude, and he's got like a cobra, and we talk about cars the whole day. So nice. Um, at least this lady tomorrow, she's a really nice lady, but uh, she's a really stinky lady. So, <laughs> so as the listeners can tell, uh, contrary to popular belief, we don't just get to do cars all day all no, the time. No. Uh, uh, we have normal jobs. Yeah, I, I work a lot of hours. Anybody who like knows me personally knows that uh, you know if you want Adam to do something, you gotta you gotta kind of uh, bug Adam for a while because Adam's too busy all the time. Uh, I work probably like a slow week is like forty five to fifty five hours. Um, I've done eighty hour weeks many times in the last. I've been doing this full time for ten or twelve years now. Um, we we just you know we work six days a week most of the time and then. And that's just the uh, job, right? I mean, other times yeah, you're just, thrashing on people's projects. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and it's kind of a side job. I 
I usually build stuff for at least one or two cars a year. Right now I'm working. I, I did two or three roll cages this, this winter. Um, I, I really enjoy the fabrication side of the car hobby. That's kind of what got me into it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I do roll cages. I do, we've done a lot of turbo systems. I've probably swapped, uh, in college in, uh, uh, for the couple of years I was up there, uh, I had a garage and I had bought an engine hoist. I bought a lot of tools and I swapped a motor, um, probably every three days in college. Jeez. So, yeah, I, I've, they, I've done probably your friends must have had Volkswagens then, because they were just always blowing up, right? We we had a lot of Volkswagen buddies. <laughs> I had a lot of. Uh, there was one week where I did four engine swaps. Um, so I probably swapped a motor every seven days. Actually, oh we, my we God. did a ton of motor swaps, though. Um, I've probably done probably two hundred to two hundred twenty motor swaps in my life. So wow. Um, but uh, my my personal red hatchback, the one that was in. Um, I have a street car that's, that was kind of my track car for a long time. Um, it was in Super Street Magazine in like 2009, I think. Um, that mo- that car's had f- 13 or 14 engines in it. So, uh, yeah, that that one has it's seen a lot of use. It's had three or four different turbo setups on it. It's had ind- individual throttle bodies that we fabricated. It's had a couple of custom headers that I built. They, you know, they're not always the prettiest things in the world, but you got to learn these things somehow. And then you you ran that at, uh, at the Chicago Mile or something a couple years ago, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, um, it uh, it had a it's got an SI transmission in it right now. It's it's currently blown up from Honda Meet. I'll tell that I'll tell you that story in a moment. <laughs> but, <laughs> Wait, um, Honda Meet last year? Yeah. yeah oh um, man. Uh, it, it's still in the configuration. Uh, if you Google my name, Adam Jabay, and Super Street Magazine, you can see the article. Uh, I think it was October 2009, I think. Um, but it's still in, in that same basic configuration. I did a better cage in it since then. but uh, um, And it was never meant to be a magazine car. And they, they saw me at ITR Expo 9. And, uh, yeah, they, they were doing a build-up on a, on a cord motor at the time. And it, it's got an Accord F23 in it. With an F twenty two A one head and a custom cam and some springs and a crazy turbo setup that I built and an intake manifold that we built, um, but in uh, the half mile, like you were saying, a couple of years ago I ran with uh, at an airport in the south side of Chicago, um, deep down in south, not really Chicago, it's Beecher, Illinois, about an hour south of Chicago. Um, and in a half mile, I ran out of gear in about three eighths of a mile, and it topped out. We upped the rev limiter so that I can break one hundred fifty miles an hour. Um, and yeah, it topped out at like 151, I think. And I was standing on the rev limiter um, for like probably 300 feet. Oh, man. Feet. It was really bizarre with a 2.3. That's It's a big it's a big stroke motor. Um, and I'm standing on the rev limiter at like 8,300 RPMs. And this thing is just singing. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> now, was that with a highway fifth like uh, we were talking about uh, last week? Or? No, this this is a stone stock uh, SI transmission. I'm, okay. I'm going to put a DX transmission in it, which has the same uh, 5, 6, uh, or one, 1 through 5 uh, gear. Sorry, my dog just jumped into the office here. Um, she's scared of the fireworks. There's somebody making firework noises. Well, Chicago, it's not fireworks, it's gunshots. Hey, I don't live that close to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> You've been to my house, it's pretty here. It is. Um, but you had the, uh, the DX transmission that I put in, it's got like a 3.8 final instead of like a 4.2, I think. Um, I got to pull the, the old trans out that blew up at Honda Meet last year. We were doing a kind of a smaller version of our Time Attack series last year. You were there last year, weren't you? Uh, not at Honda Meet. I was a good life, but oh, uh, I right, couldn't. Right. I couldn't make it up for Honda Meet last year. Um, 
Yeah, we did. Uh, we did kind of a basic time attack, like with transponder, with uh, the window mounted transponders um, that Mikey from ProFunction was was using. Um, yeah, the uh, and, the hard card. Yeah, that's what they're called. Yeah. Um, and I was on my first timed lap, and I think I was using an aim solo. We didn't have enough hard cards or something. I don't remember. Uh, I was on my first time lap, and I was coming into the braking zone after the long straightaway. Um, out of gear. It was like pinned at 150 probably. Um, and uh, the car the car runs like 11.3 at 130 in the quarter mile for 10 That's years ago or whatever. Pretty dang uh, fast, man. Uh, it, 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 and, it, and it set up – it was. It was set up just like my race cars, like Coney Race Shocks and 550, 750 Springs and you know, big sway bar in the rear and stuff. Um, but it's pretty quick. It was, it was okay if I could drive it. And we thought I was on track for like a 139 probably in that range, um, which is fine, I guess. Uh, it would have been one of the faster front-wheel drive laps ever recorded. And then I went for the um, uh, I went for the brakes hard because I, I pushed it a little too hard. I knew I was only getting a couple laps before this thing got hot because it's always had kind of a cooling issue. Uh, I jump on the brakes hard at the very top of fifth gear without uh, going for the clutch. And the transmission is a little fragile. It's a D-series Honda transmission. Um, um, the uh, So I go on the brakes real hard, top of fifth, and the trans just explodes. <laughs> the, uh, the, it's got about 400 horsepower at the boost I was at, um, but it's also got like 300 foot-pounds of torque. Uh, and the thing was at full song, top of fifth, and the fifth gear is kind of you know the, the weak one. Because it's not supported by bearings real well, and oh, it, it exploded like crazy. <laughs> and it's been sitting for a year because I've been working on my race car. But, you gonna get it back yeah. together for uh, for Honda Meet, or are you just gonna bring not, the race car? Not this year. I'm just gonna bring the race car this okay. year. I st- I'm, I'm sorting out some new stuff on the race car. Uh, we're gonna be tuning it on Wednesday, actually, which I'm gonna bring all the podcast equipment and get a bunch of audio and probably. Uh, if I can get on online, I'll Skype with you if you're available. All right. Um, where Where are you going to dyno it at and tune it? Uh, I'm I'm I've I've ty- I've dynoed at Mikey a Pro Function I've, and I've dynoed at uh, RC Auto Works. Bob is kind of a sponsor buddy of mine. Okay. He hooks me up hooks me up with parts and stuff. That's a lot um, closer to your house too, isn't it? Well, I'm I'm going to Mikey. Though, oh, you are. Mikey, okay. Uh, the problem with Bob's is he has neighbors like right behind him. Like people live right behind the shop. Oh, so you can't do it real they, late. Yeah, they they hate when they're doing after hours. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't want to bug Bob too much. Uh, a buddy of uh, of mine works there, and he lives uh, in one of my parents' rental houses, like right in front of our shop over here. And he says they're real busy. But uh, yeah, I'll I'll probably use Bob next time, and then Mikey this time. Bounce back and forth. So okay, um, yeah, that'll. But, uh, what do you What do you think it'll make? Uh, it's well, it's a the car that I race for more background since I'm talking about myself. Uh, <laughs> the uh, it's a '89 CRX uh, SI. Uh, for the Super Touring Light Series uh, for SCCA. Um, and so it's a, you can kind of do a lot of stuff, and it's real similar to Honda Challenge 2 rules if you're running a Honda. A lot of Honda Challenge 2 cars work in STL. Almost all STL cars work in Honda Challenge, but some Honda Challenge cars have too many mods and they don't work but to work in STL. But um, you can do motor swaps, uh, a lot of them, anything under 2 liters. Um, 11 to one compression is the big rule. Four, two, five lift cams is the other big rule. Um, 
And uh, so it's it's a I, I did it, and it's based on power to uh, the power uh, the engine size is what determines the weight. So uh, it's a 1.5 liter bottom end, which is like a D-stroked uh, D series D16A6. It's like a 1.5 version of that. It's a slightly D-stroked motor, same bore, um, 11 to 1 compression using some P29 pistons and uh, ARP rod bolts, and it's bored 20 over. Uh, custom cam from uh, Rocket Motorsports in California. Uh, you can't port the heads, but you can do crazy valve jobs. Um, so it's got uh, what uh, Melvin from uh, Puerto Rico did like a gajillion way valve job and um, uh, a little bit of uh, valve work. You can do custom valves. You can do whatever you want as long as they're made out of the same material. It's got springs and, you know, just uh, it's a simple motor. Realistically, it's got some not off the shelf stuff, but it's real cheap and real simple. Um, she should make roughly 135 to 150 in that range. Okay. And how much does that um, thing weigh? Uh, 2025 with my 200 pound butt fully dressed uh, in the car. Wow. So, um, yeah. It, the last race that I raced in uh, was at SCCA race in uh, Gingerman a couple, like a couple months ago. Um, and it was, I'm still, I was still a little overweight. We did a bunch of weight reduction this year. Um, when it was improved touring a basically it has to be a stock SI motor. Um, uh, and with STL, you can, you can either use the intake manifold that comes with your new motor or the intake manifold that comes with the car. So basically I'm running an SI top end on it cause the heads are the same. Um, so basically it looks just like a 89 SI motor, but it's a D 15 bottom end. Um, but uh, yeah, in in ITA it was two thousand two hundred and fifty, and now yeah I get to drop two hundred and twenty five pounds from that weight. Wow! Uh, which kind of alleviates a lot of the weak points of the car, which are like front wheel bearings um, and front brakes. Uh, you're allowed to upgrade brakes. I probably will eventually, but and uh, in, in ITA you had to run factory brakes with whatever pads you want, but they got to be factory. So is it is it unrestricted um, brakes? So you can yeah, run like a Willwood kit or yeah, anything that basically it's three hundred millimeter, I think. Okay, uh, which is like eleven inch rotor. Um, I think it's three hundred millimeter, two ninety. It was two ninety, and they upped it to three hundred five, I think. Uh, and four pistons or less. So, okay. Um, wow, I mean that much brake on a, a small light car. I mean it's gonna stop pretty good. You almost don't really need it. Uh, I'm, I'm still on the stock brakes with just Hawk Blues, and I really like them. Um, they, uh, now that I dropped a couple hundred pounds out of the car, it's pretty good. But I'm probably going to upgrade to just a bigger front rotor and keep the factory calipers with a custom bracket. There's a spacer, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm probably going to space it out and just run like a 10.2 like Integra rotor mm-hmm. so, or 10.3 or whatever it is. But uh, it's a fun little car. It's really fun uh, on uh, even just with track days and stuff uh, because the consumables are so low. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to ask next. Yeah, it's so cheap, so cheap to run. Um, and I was, I was at 2117 at the last race, um, with a full tank of fuel, pretty much. Um, I, Is that, was that at impound coming in? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I got, I got second place. Um, so it was probably like three quarter tank of fuel. I'd fill it up right before that race. So I had to go to impound and, uh, the only problem with the CRX at Gingerman is the pits. Uh, they don't work real well with the scale pits. Um, and is that the, the spacing ra- of the wheelbase? Yeah, the, car, the car's too <laughs> short. Uh, at this race, they were using the pits. They didn't have like a full leveler. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a little regional race, but, uh, yeah, it was 2117 and I've probably pulled about, uh, 40 pounds or 30 pounds out since then. I just gutted the heater core the other night, which was a terrible job. Now, did you have to keep um, that? Um, did you yeah, have to keep the, the heater core for ITA? 
Yep. Okay. And, and with I, with ITA, like one of the tenets of the class is like you got to keep the HVAC stuff, um, but not AC. You can eliminate AC, but you have to keep the heater core. Okay. Uh, a lot of guys don't even run it hooked up, but it's just there. Yeah. Because and it's kind of a hold. It's it's a holdover from like the eighties when they were when when the rules said you had to keep carpet and everything in the car. You know. When it was still kind of kind of like a showroom class yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Showroom stock kind of grew out of uh, improved touring. They kind of like grew together, you know. But it wasn't improved touring went more the race car route, uh, and now I mean there's full tilt improved touring builds that are like. It's it, it, they're completely gorgeous pro built cars, and and then they got this heater core hanging inside underneath the dash. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, but it's got to uh, be yeah, there. I was attracted to improved touring, um, kind of because of the simplicity of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I got a little bit annoyed with you know the the CRXs like to break the front wheel, the hubs like to break because you know they they keep adding weight to the CRXs or they. Kept oh, what was weight. what was the race at Road Atlanta from a couple years ago? Where was it? Oh, one it of the guys the from time. King that uh, that was yeah, racing yeah. A, a CRX against a Miata, like in the yep. last lap. Yep, that wheel was bearing Joe Mosier. going into turn one. Um, uh, Joe Mosier, I think he actually broke a radius ride. Oh, did he? Um, yeah, it was like the it's like the only radius ride anybody's ever seen break, uh, and he literally broke it like on the last turn. He was winning, Man. but uh, that was the uh, American Road Race of Champions, the ARC. Okay, um, and that's kind of like the, the the only thing. I, the other thing I didn't like about ITA is the improved touring classes aren't eligible for the runoffs, the national champions, and national championship. Oh, they're not. Um, no, they never have been. It's a regional-only class, even though it's nationally recognized. Mm-hmm. The rules are the same everywhere. They don't let improved touring cars into the runoffs. Oh, I didn't know that. Is that why that, no. that IT Fest or whatever at Mid-Ohio yep. is so yep. popular? I, IT Fest is like the IT Fest and the ARC, which is the American Road Race Champions at Road Atlanta. Those are like the two like uh, championship-caliber races for improved touring. Okay. So... If you've got a car that won IT Fest or the Arc, like you got like a car, you know that's a thing. So um, I've got a few buddies who have won the Arc and a couple of buddies that have won IT Fest. I've raced in IT Fest a couple times, um, but uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty tight fields. Even the improved touring is kind of going away a little bit as far as like the the real hardcore racers. It's becoming more like weekend guys. It's probably like the better place for me, but um, it. The goofy part uh, is I could build the motor that I have in my car for cheaper than I can build like a full tilt improved Turing build um, because I got a million of these D15s. But the the main thing um, that attracted me to STL was the lighter weight and uh, and the ability to run the championships if I decide to, which I'm going to try to next year, but we'll see. Um, right. Yeah, it's kind of a fun class. So, but I I, I so, kind of came up uh, doing HPDE stuff with my Civic. You know, we've talked. That's about That's what I was. That's what I was going to ask stuff. next. Actually, was uh, you know a lot of our listeners probably uh, are have been doing HPDEs and stuff for a while, and and are probably thinking about making that next step into wheel to wheel. What what I guess steps did you take? You know, how did what was the progression for you from doing track days um, going to wheel the, to wheel? The the first exposure I had to wheel to wheel was I was instructing with Chin Motorsports and. Uh, for their advanced and instructor groups, they do like a, a no point passing kind of session at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I found that to be really fun because I passed everybody at Autobahn. <laughs> and it was super great. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm the greatest driver ever. And I wasn't because I later hit the wall uh, there the next year. <laughs> so, and I hit the wall at Carolina Motorsports Park. And I went off track a bunch of times. I was having a bad year the next year. But uh, that got me into thinking, like, ooh, this is really fun, this no-point passing kind of thing. Um, and then uh, Lee Grimes from Coney. Um Oh yeah, and, uh, he's a real good buddy. CRX my, Lee, yeah, yeah, he's semi-famous in the motorsports world. He's a real good buddy of my buddy Tom Lamb, who's a, a SEC racer from Michigan, um, and who we uh, we had been doing the Grassroots Motorsports Challenge, the the two thousand dollar challenge. You know, uh, we we built uh, Gutty our CRX, me and Luke Wilcox and the, the rest of the 075 buddies. Um, and we built our CRX for the 2007 challenge. We rebuilt it again for the 2008 challenge. We rebuilt it again completely for 2009 and won it in 2009. Um, but that was, uh, uh Tom was kind of like he, Tom being a long time reader of grassroots motorsports and he kind of knew Luke casually. He got into helping us with the grassroots te- uh, effort and we became buddies with Tom. Uh, Tom, uh, he's an older guy. He's probably my dad's age, you know, uh, late fifties, early sixties. Um, not older, but you know, he's Tom's age. He's not Adam's age, but, um, I'm still, I'm still a dumb young kid in my mid thirties, you know, but, uh, uh, he, Tom is like one of my best buddies. I love the guy to death and he's real good buddies with Lee. Uh, him and Lee went to driver's school together. Um, Oh, to like, to like comp school. Yeah, they went to comp school together uh, just and happened to meet each other. You know, that was before Lee was like into motorsports for a profession. But uh, uh, Lee is actually the – I think he's the the the, nas- the, uh, the national director of like the motorsports program for Coney is like his title. But um, he goes to all the trade shows and every, everybody knows Lee. Uh, but uh, – uh, they went to cop school together probably in 95, maybe? I oh, okay. He's, he's told me this. Maybe 92. It was a while ago. Where, do you know where they did it at? But, um, I think they did it somewhere in the Midwest. Okay. Um, I want to say it was Grattan, but I could be wrong. Okay. Um, they've told me this story probably twice, maybe three times. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was probably drinking at the time. So, um, but, uh, and so him and Lee are good buddies. And then Lee, uh, who's on, he's on uh, a lot of forums, but the one secret forum, which we're not supposed to talk about, uh, they, they kind of, you know, there's like this little underground society of, uh, of racers who everybody's kind of became good buddies on this forum. The, the hardcore, uh, um, posters, but Lee had been. It's obviously uh, Honda Tech, right? No, <laughs> but and some people hate this form, but I love it to death. But uh, Lee had posted up a while back about how he bought this CRX off Craigslist for five hundred dollars, and it was an old ITC car. Um, but this is we're still we're still going along the line of how I got into racing, so I haven't forgot this. But uh, it was an old ITC car, which is the slowest of the improved touring classes. Uh, it had a bolt-in auto power cage. It was. It had been a race car since like '91, I think. Um, he bought this thing for 500 bucks, uh, mainly because it had. It was non-running. Uh, it was a carbureted car. It had a terrible old fuel cell on it, um, but it uh, it had Coney's on it, which for that is a first-gen CRX. This is an '84. Uh, and for that generation, the Coney's are like super, super rare. They stopped making them like in the late nineties and people oh. pay like premium for them. Was he already working so, at Coney when that yeah, happened? Or? Yeah. Okay. He had been at Coney forever. Okay. Um, this was, this is only in 2011. I oh, think. okay. Um, and, uh, 
he didn't know what to do with it. He was busy. Um, and so he just let this CRX languish and he threw some stock struts on the front cause, cause one of his buddies needed some front CRX, uh, CRX conies. Um, and then Tom was uh, talking to Lee at a race or whatever, just, you know, talking and saying that, uh, how his idiot buddies who he did the grassroots challenge with, um, kind of wanted to build a lemons car. And Lee was like, oh, I got the perfect car for you. Uh, and it's this orange crappy first gen CRX. It was a total <laughs> piece of junk. Um, and Tom says, I'll come get it and I'll bring it to Chicago. And then, so Tom calls me, says, I'm going to Lee's. I'm going to bring you a lemons car. You have to make it legal. We're going to do a race. <laughs> and, and so I start reading the rule book and the CRX shows up in my shop and, uh, uh, it, it uh, we still have it. It's, it's our lemons car. You know, we've done a bunch of lemons races with it. My brother, if you've been to a, a track day like a Honda meet in the last I don't know four or five years, uh, he, him and like probably five other people are sessioning the snot out of it. Uh, there was ITR Expo, I think. Which the one at the, the first one at Mid Ohio? Twenty twenty twelve. Yeah, twenty twelve. When he towed yeah. it with the Maxima. Yeah, yeah, he towed it up there in a landscaping trailer with his Maxima. Um, it because uh, it doesn't it weighs seventeen hundred pounds. But um, so we built this thing into a lemons car. But at, at this ITR Expo, me and Chris Stewart, you know, our buddy from Honda Meet and Grid Life, the, the main organizer, and me and him and my brother, we all drove it. In it was it was out in every session. Um, Literally, I think for, almost every for session. Two days. Yeah, for two, <laughs> like we were torture testing it between lemons races. Uh, one of us, I think, it probably only had two sessions off each day while we were f- uh, fueling it up. I just put a new fuel cell in it. Um, but anyway, Lee Lee gives us this car and he says, "You can have the car. Just give me a spot in the next lemons race whenever you get it ready." And so we thrashed on it. We redid a bunch of stuff on the cage. Just did a really good door bar on it. Um, um, and so Lee brings it up to us, or Tom brings it up to us. We made it a lemons car, and it's sweet and it's awesome. And that got me into wheel to wheel. We did a, we did probably half a dozen races. I got my SCCA license, uh, bought a race car, and now I don't race nearly enough. So, so there was actually a decent span of time for you between when you started doing track days and when you started doing the the wheel to wheel thing. Yeah, it was probably eleven years. Okay. So. Yeah, probably about 11 years. So. In your opinion, do you think that helped you become a better wheel-to-wheel racer? I know a lot of guys are just, you know, that kind of want to rush into it without yeah. ever actually getting fast on track first. Yeah. It, um, it, not not that there's one way that's better than the other, um, but from a personal standpoint, to me, it makes a lot more sense to kind of take your time and, and build up. Because no one, I mean, yeah. at least me personally, I don't like to, to run at the back of the field, you know. Yeah, I'd be racing, but I'm, and I know racing would be just as much fun at the back as at the front, but you still want to feel is, like you're going to be competitive. Yeah, it's really fun, I mean, even just to be out there. Uh, I've never won an SCCA race. I got a bunch of seconds. I got some thirds, fourths, fifths, um, but uh, because it's Every, both the classes I've been in, they're pretty hotly contested, and I've always been against like a national level guy. But uh, I'm getting there, and I think the the best part is um, trying to uh, check all the boxes on the car. You know, like all the things that you don't like about the car. Like I almost got them all checked. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so I and and I'm always constantly evolving, and I feel like I'm always the variable still. Uh, but the car is almost there, um, and I'm doing it super cheap. I'm doing it, you know, for probably fifty bucks a month on average, you know, for yeah. car prep. Uh, um, but 
the that's the uh, thing I feel like a lot of people don't realize is that you can actually you can race on a on a oh, yeah. yeah on a budget for sure. Uh, a, a race weekend costs the same as a track day weekend. If you can do track days, you can do racing. It's just a matter yeah. of it, it. It's once you have the safety gear, which you can buy cheap. I bought most of my safety gear used actually, um, but uh, it's just a matter of wanting to do it. Uh, and it, and I w- it's not for everybody. It's really not. Um, I do kind of miss the days when um, when I was just doing track days, um, and I like drove my car to the racetrack and stuff. <laughs> there's still I I know there's some guys that drive their wheel to wheel cars to yeah, the track. Yeah, that's. I mean, that, it, I don't I don't exactly recommend it because uh, I don't know. For me, I, I tend to hit stuff and break stuff, but yeah. uh, it's always nice to be able to get home for work on Monday. Yeah, the uh, driving your race car itself to the track is, uh, <laughs> especially nowadays when tow rigs are cheap. But uh, um, it, that's, uh, I think that's that's for the coolest of the cool, but also the brokest of the broke. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it takes a lot of guts to, uh, to to drive your your race car, change the tires, and uh, and then flog it in a national level event. But there's well, still just, people, yeah, there's still people doing it. Just like those people that, you know, run Pike's Peak, and that's their thing. That's just mm-hmm. – that's what they do. And yep. some of these guys, you know, they might not have necessarily the, the income or disposable income at or least to be able space. to – Or even yeah, the yeah. space to keep a trailer and a truck. Yeah. You know? I mean, um, I, I remember seeing a picture from one of the – actually, I guess it was runoffs um, at Laguna Seca last year. And there were all these 18-wheelers and oh, stacker yeah. trailers and stuff, and then – Right in between them, there's a Mazda 2, a, a B-spec car. Yep. And the guy had driven, yeah, he'd driven, like I from, forget from where. It was Texas, pretty, Texas, yeah, pretty yeah. far away. But it was uh, was pretty funny. Yeah, the uh, uh, there's still guys doing it. I think that's awesome, man. If, yeah. If if you really love the race, it, it's, it's not that much different like the on-track experience. Like going around the racetrack is, it's just like going around the racetrack. But in being in the pack of similar prepped cars and i mean it, it, you you live more in for a 30 minute race i think than than you do going you know in the year prepping for the next one um when, when they say that there's you know there's racing and then there's waiting for the next race uh and that's your life um it's kind of true it's it's there's it, there's there's so much adrenaline and it's you get so focused um, that it, it's goofy, man. It's a, it's an, it's definitely a drug. I mean, it's a, it's an addiction like none other. But oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it, it's bad. I got, I got it pretty bad right now too. But I mean, for uh, me, I've, I've never done any, you know, real car wheel to wheel stuff. I mean, yeah, we have open passing and time trials and certain HPDE groups. But uh, even me, like when I'm competing, sometimes it just, uh, at least in time trials, it just kind of I. It's almost like you're on autopilot. Yeah, you know, it's I, that's kind of the way it was for me at nationals in, in 2012, actually at Mid Ohio, uh, which for background for some people, I, I run with NASA and Time Trial C. That was actually 2012 of my first year of running time trials, um, and almost had a national championship clinched at uh, Mid Ohio, and ended up kind of watching the lap timer a little too close, getting a little overzealous and, and going four off up over madness so it scratched the whole session. Yep. But um, that was a, a big learning thing for me. And then for 2013, the season after that, 
Uh, I just started, and whenever I had a good enough lap time in, I'd just go ahead and just bring it in and say, all right, that's good enough. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's the, there's a physical side of, of driving, but there's also a lot of it is really just a, a mental side, which yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize until they start competing and, you know, especially wheel to wheel and stuff like that. The, yeah, the mental I, aspect takes a, a lot larger um, aspect. I've never been more nervous than being in grid for my first SEC race. Oh yeah. Um, it was my first. Like, like, like even when you when you proposed, like you were like, "Nah, we're cool." No, oh, yeah, it was to- it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know what she's gonna say. We're good. Yeah, she liked me fine. We were in Malibu uh, on vacation, seeing her grandparents. Or Malibu grandma. Grand Prix racing go karts there no, in Chicago. No, we were in Malibu, California. St- <laughs> oh, nice! So, How um, romantic! Oh, it was so romantic. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was nervous then, but like. My first race, I, I went through getting my race license a little differently than most people do. Um, I'm technically an Atlanta region member. Um, Damn because, straight. Yeah, that's right, even, <laughs> even though I don't live there. Uh, because Atlanta um, is one of the only regions that does the alternative licensing path. Huh. Um, and it's a program SCCA has had around for a while, but most of the regions, like, you know, it's it's a SCCA is a lot of older guys, and they just do things the way they've always done it. There's still a ton of younger guys and some of the fastest guys in the country are in SCCA, I think. But uh, um, a lot of the, the guys that run the organization, especially on the regional and local level, excuse me, um, they are kind of set, set in their ways. And Atlanta has this thing called the Alternative Licensing Path, which is a national thing, but they're like the only one that does it, uh, where if you have wheel-to-wheel experience, and, they, and Lemons is that. Lemons is an excellent training ground, really. Um, you'll you'll never have a better situational awareness training ground than Lemons. Oh yeah, I mean you've got all levels of skill. Yeah. You've got yeah. a bunch of different prepped cars. It's uh-huh. uh, yeah, kind it, of kind of interesting. It, yeah, you've got tons of passing. And I mean, I I started a race at Gingerman with like 118 cars in the snow. Um, <laughs> and like the biggest problem in Lemons is if you hit another car, like that screws your entire race up. They black flag you. They bring you in. They yell at you. They make you weld stuff to your roof. They make you run around and like chant, uh, you know, uh, you know, weird tribal chants to everybody in paddock. They make you do push-ups. They make you do all kinds of weird stuff. Someone just needs to like, so. like tape a lot of pillows and bubble wrap to their car. And then, uh, and then you wouldn't have any visible damage. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be perfect. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the alternative licensing path kind of lets you um, not really. You, you kind of skip the driver's school because they feel like okay, you've got appropriate you know time in a wheel to wheel race, and they've done it for a lot of guys that do chump and lemons. Hmm. And um, it, I really think it's probably like the best training ground. Uh, but I was more nervous probably at my, my first race because just because I the only problem with it is they, then you don't know um, you know what how things happen at a typical SCCA race. Um, but luckily I was with Tom and Lee at my first race. It was it was IT Fest. Uh, oh, perfect. 2012, I think. Uh, okay. Me and, me and Lee were sharing a garage, and Tom had his ITB and ITA car there. Um, which we we recently converted his ITA car to STL. We put a B16 into it. Um, he ran the runoffs in 2014 in that car then with the B16. But, uh, yeah, I, I was gridded next to Tom because I had qualified behind him. Qualifying, you just kind of go out, and it's not that big of a deal. But, like, I, there was something about the first race, man. I was just so nervous. Like, I, I thought I was going to be sick, and I thought I was going to pass out, and I was just on pins and needles. 
Um, and I, th- I felt, and like the next two or three races were that way. Like I was just, I, I was really, really nervous, even though I thought, you know, I can do this. I know this track. I know this car, you know, I know these guys even. Um, and I had, I had tr- uh, troubles with my starts at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I still, you know, I still kind of, I'm a little timid. And I getting, like, getting too antsy or? No, like, uh, the starts are rolling starts, you know. Right. Um, and you, as soon, as soon as the first guy sees the green flag, he can go. And a lot of guys will have a guy in the radio watching like the flag spotters. Stand, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I didn't have that dude. And so like, I was about one beat behind everybody else when they got started. And like all the ITC cars like passed me, one of them almost hit me and I'm all like, don't hit me, leave me alone. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm still kind of that way, but I'm getting a lot better. But, uh, um, yeah, it, it, it's all the little things about how you do a race. That was the stuff I didn't learn in driver school cause I didn't go. So, um, but, um, yeah, it, uh, I think the lemons thing really gives you the best situational awareness kind of training. I've never had contact in an SCCA car, um, with anybody else. Um, so, so I'm not, I'm not bad from that respect. So, but in the, the, the nervousness has definitely gone away now. So uh, in, in my last race, I fell asleep in grid. Um, I was there about 10 minutes early. I pull in and I'm all strapped in and then I fell asleep. And, uh, and then Tom, Tom was there helping me out, just kind of hanging out on Sunday. Cause he lives close to Gingerman. Mm-hmm. He, wasn't, he wasn't racing that weekend. Um, and he grabs, he grabs my belts and I'm, you know, uh, he's, he's check, checking everything over and, and then my Hans device pops off. Did I tell this story on here already? No, I don't think so. My Hans device, um, uh, you know, they got, you know, the Hans things built into your helmet. Mm-hmm. The post. Yep. The, uh, um, uh, they have like a backing washer, uh, inside there. Um, and my, oh, uh, for the inside of the helmet? Yeah. That's threaded? Yeah. Yeah, there's like a two-inch or inch-and-a-half backing washer on there. And mine were factory installed from G-Force. Um, and then all of a sudden I hear, pink, and one of my Hans, like my driver's side Hans strap fell loose. And I'm thinking, like, and I had checked, like, the, you know, the, the tension on it to make sure the Hans was connected. It was. And I, and then I reached back there, and that whole, the whole surface mount post thing was like a little spring push-in thing, you know? Um, that had just fallen off and I'm thinking, what the heck? This thing threads into the helmet and the whole backing nut had fallen out. Oh man. And, and I'm in grid. I had just gotten a three minute call (laughs) and, and so I get out of the car and I had just been asleep like two minutes earlier. (laughs) Uh, I get out of the car and I'm looking for this washer thinking, oh, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to skip the race? Cause you got to have the head and neck. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I swear I told this story on here. Maybe I did. I don't think so. Uh, you you would definitely know it, I think. But um, and so I get in. I and me and Tom are looking all over the car, and he's like, "What the heck? You know, where could it have gone? Because there's like nothing in the car. <laughs> it's just not there." Um, and I still haven't found it. I don't know where it went. Oh, really? But, uh, uh, my my competitor who was gritted next to me and yelling at me, "Get in the car! Get in the car!" <laughs> he's a buddy of mine, Steve Sankrika. Uh, he's a Bosch engineer. He's actually working on the new NSX right now. Oh, nice. Um, they were just testing somewhere in Nuremberg in at the Nuremberg in Germany. It's a pretty um, sweet job. Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, he was. Uh, he was just, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about that, but yeah, he, <laughs> the NSX is happening. He's testing on it. Uh, they've been testing it for years, actually. After years and years of speculation but and promises, it, it is happening. Uh, <laughs> I know on the Smoking Tire podcast they keep saying it's not going to happen. Yeah, I, I know it's going to happen because I race with uh, test drivers and test engineers. There's two other STL guys I think that race uh, that are actually test drivers 
and engineered test drivers for the NSX. Um, but uh, yeah, Steve is next to me. He's yelling at me, "Get in the car! It's the one minute call!" <laughs> and you know, they hold all the officials hold their finger up and and they blow the whistle, and it's one minute. Um, so I hop back in the car, and um, Tom puts the Hans device on and buckled, and I get buckled in. He and he hooks it all in, and obviously the driver's side is not held on um, because the washer's gone. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, um, and, and there's a steward right there making sure that I'm good. You know, and she reaches in, she checks everything. And my, luckily my seat has wings on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I press my head, my head against the left side wing and hold the Hans strap. On. <laughs> <laughs> so I technically went out without a Hans strap. I disconnected the passenger side once I got on track, you know? Okay. And so that my neck wouldn't snap. If I got in a front end impact, my neck wouldn't snap to the right. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it, it it was really, uh, and I was totally calm and cool. So at least I lost the uh, uh, the crazy fear of, uh, of you know of being nervous before the race. Yeah, um, but yeah, I got on the, I got on track. The steward checked everything over, gives me the thumbs up, and I'm thinking, well, my Hans is definitely only partially connected. <laughs> so, but yeah, Steve ended up uh, Steve, the guy who was next to me in grid. Uh, he ended up sending me a washer once I told him the story. He's like, oh, I got an old helmet with one inside of it. So, oh, perfect. Yeah, I didn't even have to buy a new part. But uh, the uh, yeah, the, there was a scramble there for a couple minutes. Uh, <laughs> so do, do you have like a, a pre-race uh, kind of – not checklist, but like uh, what would it be called? Well, it, uh, I do like ha- a, I have I have like a mental checklist that yeah. I'm getting when I'm in the car. Um I, did I tell the story about when the I told the story about when the steering wheel came off and I got sick, right? No, I don't think you told that one either. I haven't told that story here either. No, I don't I think, think so. I, I just told it at Grid Life. That must be what I'm thinking of. <laughs> um, but uh, the first thing I check, I'll tell that story in a little minute. A minute, if you want. Um, but the first thing I check is that the steering wheel is on the car because um, I got a quick. It's probably release, probably you know? a good a good and, thing to do. I, t- I actually took a knife and I scratched it into my steering wheel. It says. Check the steering wheel. <laughs> so, um, but uh, and then I check the belts. Obviously, and I've done my I've done my whole checklist on the car. I have a kind of a routine that I the cars the car needs a couple things. It needs the bearings to spin fine on the wheels, and so I always check that. I clean all the other people's rubber out all the gaps. You know, um, I usually bleed the front brakes at night, um, and I'll lube the slides. On the calipers, usually once a weekend, sometimes every other weekend. If they if they can move fine, I don't take them apart. Okay, you can kind of grab the caliper with a glove and shake it, you know, because um, it's a floating caliper, you know, right. Honda OEM SI brake. But um, yeah, I just give everything a visual once over and uh, check the nuts and bolts. I really check the nuts and bolts nowadays because, uh, or this year, because last fall I was racing with my buddy Mike Taylor and Christian Ship down in uh, at the VIR 13 hour in Mike's STL Civic, um, and he had a he spent like three three events trying to sort this thing out, but he was losing bolts on the car. Huh? Like we we got taken out of the race because the suspension just disassembled itself. <laughs> like uh, the it's an EG Civic, um, so it's got um, like the 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 it's got a big lower A arm with I think they call it the compliance bearing or bushing in the back. Oh yeah, the one that goes uh, parallel yeah. to the ground. Yeah, it's like a giant giant bushing. Um, yeah, and, and his, his car had all kingpin spherical stuff, which is like really high end, nice spherical stuff. And he had just yeah. a, he had just built this car, and it was all brand new stuff. Um, and it's just disassembling itself, and he's like, dude, I checked everything. And we're lo- we lost like half a dozen bolts that weekend. 
Was that the stuff that's held in with like snap rings? No, it, or it's they like, like welded like the, welded the, in. The kingpin stuff wasn't the problem. This was actually oh, okay. like the, the factory bolts that hold the suspension to the car. Oh wow! Like you know this big seventeen millimeter stuff that never comes loose. Yeah, we were losing it. Um, <laughs> and it turned out uh, it was because there was a chip in the crank pulley. He hmm. put a new he put a new crank pulley and it had he put a new crank pulley on it was fine. Um, and that motor ended up almost hurting bearings. He lost oil pressure. It didn't didn't spin a bearing, but uh, he got second in the SECA majors down at New Orleans at NOLA uh, in April, I think. And then uh, his next event, uh, the oil pressure got to like it was like half of what it was. And so we know that there was some harmonic issue from that chip in the crank pulley. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the motor seemed totally smooth. I drove it for two hours around VIR in a pack of Miatas, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, it was uh, – and so now I definitely check all the suspension bolts, which is a really good uh, tip for HPDE guys to get in the habit of checking all your bolts, check all the bushings, especially sway bar bushings, make sure there's no bind in them, you know. Um a lot of the mounts for a sway bar get bind in the rubber bushings or the polyurethane yeah. bushings, you know. And a lot of guys don't know either, you yeah. know, if you're if there's load on those, it can severely affect your alignment when you go to get the car aligned too. Yeah. So and, and it can really affect the way the car handles. Yeah. Um uh, another dumb story. I'm just full of stories today. The uh, <laughs> Chris Stewart, uh, like the guy who runs Honda Meet with you know, I'm kind of his right hand you know, peon. Um he's the Honda Meet and Grid Life guy. That's his thing. Uh, he's got the CRX that we basically only take the Honda Meet. It lives down in South Holland by us in South Shire, Chicago. And uh, we basically start – we're probably due to start working on it like tomorrow. Uh, we take it to Honda Meet. We fix it the week before. But last year – Is that the one that fell off the trailer? That's the very same one. Uh, <laughs> not my trailer. Always check your, your toe straps. But we lost uh, – our buddy was towing at home a couple of years ago from Honda Meet and the, the strap broke. And the car fell off this trailer uh, getting off the highway. It like just kind of rolled off and was held on by a strap awkwardly. It, we, it didn't have any damage either. But, <laughs> Miraculously. Um, it was it's, – it's the most bizarre thing ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking in my mirror. Sarah's riding with me, and I'm towing two cars you know, in my big flatbed. And I, and I see Dan like flashing his lights. Uh, and then I see his the CRX just like start to like fall off the trailer right behind me. Um, our, our buddy Dan DeVries, he was towing it home for Chris, and one of the straps broke. But anyway, that Chris's car, we were fixing, you know, going over it a couple years before, a couple years ago uh, after Honda Meet, uh, and his buddy had put it deep into the sand in turn eleven, um, like on his first lap. I think Calzada was instructing him. Okay. And, oh, uh, that makes sense. Calzada wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and uh yeah the uh daniel who's kind of like the tech guy for honeymoon he works on the website and everything that's why the website's so pretty um daniel he's kind of new to driving he's driven in a couple honeymoons like a little bit and this car just wasn't handling right um and we found out after honeymoon that it's an older suspension techniques bar which is the same bar i have in my car but chris had just slapped it in probably 11 years ago <laughs> um, and the, like in link missing or something. No, or? no, the end links were all there, but this bar, we took the end links off and we had it on my brother's lift. Uh, and you know how a sway bar should just rotate straight down, right? Mm-hmm. I hung on it. Nothing. And it, and it didn't move. Oh man. So, so effectively there was no rear wow. suspension on this car. Wow. And the CRX is tail happy enough. You know? Yeah. Um, and then I said, to, I said to Daniel, um, he took it out for like one lap and it was bad. And I said, well, disconnect one of the end links, right? And so he had suspension travel in right-handers and none in left-handers. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, if that thing was solid, yeah. it would still effectively they still yeah. have a sway bar going like, one direction. These, these things only have like an eight inch arm. Basically, yeah. it's a straight bar with a little bit of a bend and an eight inch arm that goes down to the suspension, and it's like a solid seven eighths bar, solid steel, you know. Um, and I couldn't. I, I hung on the eight inch thing, and it didn't move. Wow! And, and we took it apart, and these bushings were just welded basically to the to the, <laughs> to the powder coating on the bar. But, oh uh, man! Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. So Daniel had suspension in uh, left-handers, but not right-handers. Man. <laughs> but, so he ditched it deep in the uh, in the sand pit. Well, hopefully, but, uh, uh, there's nothing that happens like that at Honda Meet this year, which is what coming coming up in just a couple weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Uh, yeah, week and, week and a half actually. So um, I will be coming up for that. Yeah, uh, so. not exactly sure when I'll be coming up for it yet. It's still kind of up in the air. I think my whole motorcycle trip thing, uh, trying to save my, trying to save my vacation for uh, a honeymoon. So yeah, good idea. Yeah, but I can still come to Honda Meet, so yeah. good. we're good. Uh, you coming uh, up with anybody? You bringing Chris up with you? Or no? uh, I think Chris is actually going to come up the week before. Oh, cool. Because, um, you know, he's from Chicago, so yep. he'll yep. be up there hanging out with his family and then, uh, then come over to the track. Cool. So... Um, yeah, if, uh, we'll, we'll be doing some live recordings from Honda Meet. Yeah. We, we got to figure out the tech end of like the mixer and stuff. We were talking about that before this uh, show. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're planning on doing some, uh, some live shows. I would like to like literally do five or six live shows and have some in the can. Um, I mean, essentially it'll be our, our regular yeah. evenings at the track with it'll beer be we and we'll just, re- we'll just record them. Yeah. It'll be what we normally do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're starting to figure out the tech end on this podcast thing. But, yeah, I uh, think uh, hopefully the audio sounds sounds pretty good this week. Yeah, I won't be doing you know any of this. You know, squeak, squeak, <laughs> squeak, 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 squeak. Um, the uh, except for right then and now, um, I might have actually if if we don't catch it, I might have uh, recorded over some recording like in the twenty some minute mark or something. There might be like five seconds of me recording wrong. So, so I will edit it out. Well, if we have, then you have to listen to the whole thing. We might just might as well just let these idiots listen to our stupid. I'll just I'll just impersonate uh, you if, if there's anything missing. I'll yeah. just impersonate you with what I think you said. Uh, so far, and... I've got about an hour fifteen here, so I think I have everything. But I, okay. I know I know I screwed something up earlier. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, did uh, I, I was going to tell one other story? Oh, do you want to hear the story about when the steering wheel came off? Absolutely. All right. We're racing in the lemons race in Autobahn. Um, it was, I think, our third lemons race. Um, and it was a hot day. We lost the motor the day before. We lost a cylinder, so we swapped the motor overnight. You sure I didn't tell the story? Uh, pretty sure. I mean, I've we, told we're, it only on, we're only on episode four. Okay. I've told it a bunch of times to a bunch of people. But uh, we had swapped the motor overnight. And uh, um, so I was on like two hours of sleep. We came back to, to town because we got a lift in the garage, and we swapped the motor. We ate a ton of pizza, drank some beers, and hung out. And um, and, and so it, we had limped the motor on three cylinders the entire day, the day before. So, like, everybody got seat time uh, except for me. Um, and we were only off, like, the pace by, like, 12 seconds on three cylinders. But uh, the the weird the thing we lost was uh, it's a CVCC head or it was oh uh, really which has like a little head that's like up through a port for emissions things in the 80s when nobody knew how to do emissions things <laughs> uh, and that valve stuck open so we just lost compression of the head we unplugged the injector and, and the uh, and the spark plug and called it good you know mm-hmm. um, and uh, so that we swapped the motor because uh, the head was shot basically. Uh, we probably should have just swapped the head in hindsight, but uh, 
we get the new motor in, which is a known good motor, and we're running strong. We had checked the tune on it the night before, and it was all good. Um, and Lee, so Lee goes out. Lee Grimes goes out first, and Lee Grimes is—he's probably six foot, uh, but he's got—he's a bigger dude. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's a big dude. Um, and he does not like the seating position in the Lemon CRX. Uh, I think he quit driving with us after this one. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Lee's a big, strong, strapping dude, and he's got a bit of a belly on him, right? Um, so he hops out and he takes the steering wheel off and he hooks it, uh, on the hook, I think inside. And I'm getting in the car after Lee. So we fuel it up and I hop in and either he or I put the steering wheel back on and we didn't latch it. Um, and it, you know, it's got like the circle track weld on like five star or five, five sided kind of, uh, spline thing that we welded on the factory column. It was on there already when we got the car. Um, but we, Put the steering wheel on, and it's all good, right? I, know, I didn't have a quick release on my streetcar, and so I'm not used to this make sure the steering wheel's hooked thing. I go out. I'm circling around, putting down some good laps. I lay down the fastest lap of the of the event, I think, and I'm feeling great, right? Um, fastest lap for us. Allison, my sister-in-law, Jeremy's wife, is on the radio. She's... Uh, She's telling me, you're doing fine. Everything's going well. How's the car? And, and we had, uh, we had, we had, my brother and, and Allison had built this cool suit system, uh, which worked really well. They took a couple of Hanes heavy duty t-shirts and like uh, threaded some piping through it. You know, the, the flexible quarter inch conduit kind of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, the clear plastic piping or whatever. The, or den- it's a little dense, dense kind of stuff. And he built a bilge pump boat like little pump thing and put it in a cooler and we built a nice heavy duty mount for it in the passenger side and you reach over and you flip a switch and it, and it's a cool suit. It works great. Uh, we still use it. Um, and, uh, and so I'm using the cool suit. It's hot out. It was like 90 some degrees at Autobahn. We're on the South course and about 30 minutes in, I'm thinking this cool suit ain't working anymore. And I look down and I'm sitting in a puddle of water um, <laughs> And I think, oh, great. I was supposed to be out for a long stint, like a three-hour stint. And the cool suit wasn't working anymore um, because it, I had obviously sprung a leak on it. Uh, one of the fittings had pulled out, like a hose clamp, you know, a little tiny hose clamp had came loose, and the fitting came loose, and it just drenched me. But then uh, within about 15 minutes after that, I'm getting hot. Yeah, so I'm out yeah, because that water gets warm, yeah. and yeah, I was out there for maybe an hour. Well, the water, I just shut the thing off because it wasn't okay. doing, it wasn't doing anything anymore. So no more cool suit for Adam. Um, and, uh, and so I'm getting hot, and it's and I had I had no sleep, uh, like maybe two hours. Um, I'm just driving around, just putting laps down now. I'd already ran a really good lap, like a really good string of laps, and the car was great. It was on new tires. We were running star specs at the time. Um, but uh, I'm putting just, just trying to put laps down. I, got, I figure, okay, I can do this. I can run this for another hour and a half or so and come in a little bit early because um, i got a tiny bladder. I'm probably not going to make it to three hours, but uh, it'll be fine, right? And I'm out there for maybe an hour or so, and I'm going through the kink uh, in Autobahn, which coincidentally is the same place that I went off in the race car at Grid Life. <laughs> the kink and I have a have a relationship now, um, but I'm going through the kink and the steering wheel comes off on me, oh. and I'm going like, what do you go through the kink? You go through like, I just shift to fourth like right before it. Yeah, well, it like, depends on what car you're in, but yeah, in this car I'm probably going 80 miles an hour, 90 miles an hour. I don't know, <laughs> um, and I'm like, I'm too wide with another car, and another car is going to pass me. And all of a sudden, I got no, I got no control. <laughs> and so, being stupid, 
I didn't hit the brakes. Um, I just started jam. I, I stayed on the throttle and started jamming the steering wheel on, <laughs> and I only went two wheels off. Actually, that's like, not that bad. I didn't even get black flagged, but like, uh, it took me like half a lap to make sure it was on there, and then it's on like you know, kind of askew, like thirty degrees off, you know, <laughs> so because um, I got it on sideways. But when it happened, like my blood pressure goes through the roof, um, and, <laughs> I like, I, and like I'm like seeing spots, you know, like when yeah. you sit up too fast, you're seeing the spots. Yeah, and I'm thinking, holy shit, I'm gonna pass out. <laughs> but but I, I calm myself down, and I'm just like trying to. I, I just I found a nice open spot in the group, and just drove around for a lap or two. And then I'm feeling sick, <laughs> uh, be, uh, because uh, you know I'm just having a bad day. <laughs> I'm having a bad like ten minutes. I almost crashed the car. Uh, I had no sleep. I was, I, I had went out and I drank, I pounded like a big, a big Gatorade before, right before I went out and I'm thinking, Oh, I got bad Gatorade. And then when I added all up afterwards, you know, it was, it was just a combination of the steering wheel coming off. I hadn't slept, you know, been a stressful night before. And, um, and so I'm starting to get sick <laughs> and so I'm, I'm pushing it down. You know, the nauseous feeling you get, I was just getting car sick. I was making myself sick. Mm-hmm. And for anybody who is um, averse to hearing about uh, nausea, like my sister, my sister-in-law, Allison, she hates this story. She's really, she doesn't listen to this, uh, but I'm going to talk about throwing up in a few minutes. <laughs> so, um, so I spend a half an hour just kind of trying to push it down and on track a half an hour is a long time, right? Um, basically, I spent an entire HPDE session trying to convince myself I'm not going to throw up, right? Uh, it was pretty bad. <laughs> but uh, uh, and I call into Alice and I say Luke's got to get ready. I got to get out of this car. I'm not feeling good. And and she said We're, we need three more laps or something like that. <laughs> and I'm going on like an hour and a half, hour and forty five in the car. And so I did an okay stint, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was that long. It's been a couple of years. I don't remember. But uh, it was an okay stint, and I laid down a fast lap. I was happy with that. But I'm sick. Like I am. I am going to throw up. Um, and they weren't ready for me. So I'm trying to lay down my last lap. I got one more lap and I was okay. Uh, and I said to her, I have to come in. And I passed the start finish line and I throw up, <laughs> but I jammed my hand up behind the, uh, the, you know, up behind my helmet. Yeah. And I grab my jaw and I have my, I, I'm grabbing my entire face. So it looks like I got the, uh, the Bane mask on with my, <laughs> with my cheap gloves. I, and I don't use these gloves anymore, but, uh, uh, I clench my mouth shut, you know, I, cl- I grab my mouth. And so I got like the blowfish face with my cheeks. Just <laughs> and so I got a whole freaking mouthful of Gatorade puke and Aurelio's pizza from the night before. Oh. And, and I got to make another lap. <laughs> and so I swallow it. <laughs> and I, and this that's hap- what i call recycling the, this this happened <laughs> this happened for an entire slow lap around autobahn where i go and i swallow it down <laughs> and i swallow it down uh, it, it was it was a bad day <laughs> but looking back i'm so glad that that session happened because it's a fun story <laughs> so, um yeah, and then I got out of the car and I promptly threw up underneath the trailer <laughs> so that Allison wouldn't see it. <laughs> but yeah, it was a, Oh, that's it awesome. Was, it, it that's a, a really good story. Uh, just just the whole boom, you know, that, that <laughs> oh, it was so bad. <laughs> oh, man. 
I think I did that in college once at a bar. Yeah, well, a like bar? I was, tr- I was trying to get to the bathroom. You're not going 80 miles an hour in a bar. <laughs> no, I probably it would have been a lot nicer if I was. But uh, yeah. I, I, I remember the car that was in front of me when it happened. It was a Porsche 944 with a guy with like a mannequin riding on the roof. <laughs> because that's what happens in lemons races. Like, well, that's probably that's probably what made you puke. You saw the mannequin, and you're yeah, just like, Bruh, I think Bruh. the mannequin was bare assed. So. <laughs> just just blame it on that. There you yeah, go. It, it was a good one, man. That was a, that was a bad little time. <laughs> but uh, uh, you've never felt better than when you get out of a race car, throw up underneath the trailer, and then realize that you made it. <laughs> it was a good time, dude. And and. Uh, I still didn't. I didn't clean my helmet because I didn't get any puke in it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, dude. The balaclava got washed, but the helmet. And you didn't have to good. eat. You didn't have to eat because yeah. you know. Well, I did. Have, <laughs> I, I did finally lose it that last time, and I didn't take it back. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, it was a. It was a long. Uh, that was like the longest forty <laughs> minutes of my life. That was longer than the uh, than the uh, the. Uh, Caution laps between races. Oh, having at, having to pee. Yeah, uh, that was a different <laughs> race at Autobahn in a different car. But uh, yeah, the, the the having to pee feeling is bad. But um, I'm going to throw up, and I need to make laps, or else that my friends are going to laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> yeah, it was a good one, man. It was a real good one. Um, yeah, that that CRX is still around. My brother's going to be tracking it ahead of me. So. Nice. I can't wait. Um, I can't it, wait to see it out there. It's getting faster and faster. We're uh, we're probably going to put an SI intake manifold on right now. The intake manifold is like a homebrew thing um, that we literally we dumped out the aluminum scrap bucket um, and built an intake manifold out of it because we converted it to fuel injection. But oh, now nice. we have we have acquired an EW fifteen uh, or actually it's a D fifteen, but it's the same motor. Um, an older version of the D15. It's got nothing to do with the newer version. But in the SI, they had uh, they had a multi-point fuel injection manifold. So we, we have one of those. Uh, we have an SI head on it right now with like an $80 um, uh, Delta cam regrind. So okay. uh, I think at last count, it was a whopping 92 horsepower. So <laughs> that was the last dyno day. We're gonna swap 92 horsepower is a fury. I think we can break the 100 horsepower at the, in the, at the next <laughs> dyno. So. Uh, yeah, just get some, just get some NOS. We'd be good to go. That doesn't last for fourteen hours <laughs> straight. So. You just need a really big bottle. Uh, we need, we need three of them. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, the car's a blast though, man. It's a super simple little car. And yeah, sometimes yeah. that's that's the best way to go. Yeah, the we've built it, it, most lemons cars are like you know they're crappy old cars, but they clearly have. A decent budget behind them, you know, because people are paying shops to do safety gear, and they they have a lot of new parts on them that they spray painted black and then rubbed them in the dirt when the paint was wet, you know. Yeah. Um, our car is a legit five hundred dollar car, um, <laughs> and everybody says that, but like we got this car for free. We had to give Lee a spot in the in the race, but uh, that was a pleasure, not a uh, price. Um, yeah, worked worked out we, for everybody. Yeah, got to hang out with Lee, made a new friend, um, but the. Uh, the car was basically free because it didn't have the conies on it anymore. It had just junk shocks, and so we got Gabriels on it right now. <laughs> um, but uh, we built it out of junk, like crap that we had laying around. The motor was bad in it, so we took the motor out of my brother's old Beater '86 four door um, and uh, converted it to fuel injection with parts off of his wife's wrecked Del Sol. And it was fun, man. It's a it was a fun build. So. But uh, yeah, that, that, that's lemons racing. You sometimes you throw up in your mouth. 
<laughs> that's a so, good. That's a good tagline. And, and yeah, it might just be for the quality of the cars you're watching. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was uh, that, that was a that was a day I'll never forget. So, um, that's the, that's the second time I've thrown up on a racetrack uh, in a, in a race car that I was driving. So, <laughs> I do have a slight problem with that. And it usually revolves around not getting any sleep. So that's a, definitely a good pointer for uh, people that are doing the track hobby is to get a little bit of sleep because otherwise you might throw up in your mouth like that. So. I don't know. For me, it seems like uh, most of my track weekends revolve around not a whole lot of sleep. So I, I think it's the, the social aspect of everything. The social aspect is my favorite aspect, but uh, I really drive badly when I have no sleep. <laughs> um, that 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 ITR Expo in Mid Ohio, the last one, I think we I was it was the first one or the last one. I was uh, we were sharing a room with you and uh, like eight other guys. Was that that was the first uh, one? Yeah, yeah, that was the that was the first one at Mid Ohio. And, and, uh, and I'll I'll never forget waking up to your machine gun coughs <laughs> when, when Austin o, uh, arises from a night of slumber. He uh, he coughs like an AK forty seven. And I giggle, I giggle in the middle of the night. Yeah, it was, it was a, being being a bunkmate with you was uh, that was interesting. It was uh, yeah. I mean, there were there were a lot of people in that room. I remember I uh, I made a little fort under the table. Yes, you were under the, the desk under the table. Oh I yeah, was, I was in uh, I was in a, a mattress with Calzada, and it was kind of a taco oh, shape. Yeah, I was gonna say it so, wasn't it wasn't exactly a mattress. It was like a bed taco. It was it was a blow up mattress like uh, between the wall and the bed, <laughs> and. Uh, David and I, uh, we kind of rolled to the center and like just, the two you know, the two tallest guys in the room. Yeah, we rolled to the middle <laughs> of our of our inflatable taco and we slumbered. It was delightful. Um, and then, <laughs> I think at like three a.m., Chris Stewart showed up. Yeah, um, yeah, he got there late that first night. Yeah, and, and Dill um, Dill had a spot on the bed with him. A Dill did. Yeah, and. Uh, the <laughs> Chris told the story the next day where Dill. And Dill didn't even—I don't think he remembered it. But uh, once in a while, Dill sends me this text. He he sent—he said to Chris in the middle of the night, "Are you comfortable?" <laughs> <laughs> or I think it was—I'll have to look back through my text messages. But uh, oh, yeah, man. he says he whispers to Chris in like a loving voice, "Are you comfortable?" <laughs> <laughs> Freaking love my oh, such such good times. Yeah, they're the best. There's nothing like having. Uh, Eight stinky dudes in a uh, in, in the what was the, what's the name of that place that we stayed at? Oh, uh, was it the country? Spl- no, it was Splash Harbor. Yeah, <laughs> Brad Adams loves the Splash Harbor. God, but, yeah, it was fun, man. <laughs> that was like a that would have been a, a car thief's wet dream. You pull up yep. and there's like fifty ITRs yep. outside. Yep. And, <laughs> but me and uh, uh, me and my brother had towed on the landscaping trailer because Calzada's Integra was on the back of my trailer. Uh, that was the event that uh, – it was my first event in the race car. I just bought it. I, I dragged it back from Oh, Kansas. yeah. It wasn't even all stickered up yet. No, it, I, dra- I dragged it back from Kansas City. I bought it on the way back from that Pikes Peak race that I helped Love Fab with. Wasn't that thing um, orange or something, some weird was, color? It was painted like the real-time uh, livery. Okay. Um, like from the 90s and 2000s. It was the kind of the orange and white swoop. It was a terrible paint job, so I covered <laughs> it in stickers. Um, but uh, – yeah, uh, we found out that it was broken. Um, uh, it drove fine in a straight line. It drove fine in left-handers. And it had hit the wall at Mid-Ohio a couple years before, and it had fatigued the, the right rear trailing arm. 
Um, Distressed it just enough. Yeah, it was behind the brake rotor, and you couldn't see it from the backside. I had gone over this whole thing, and um, but it, it had distressed around the hub. If, if anybody knows what the rear trailing arm is like on those cars, the hub kind of bolts onto the trailing arm with like these giant like T55 hex nuts or hex bolts. Not hex, but T55, the Torx bits. Um, and that hub, had, like it's kind of like a, like a paw print shape, you know. Um, and it had cracked all the way around that hub except for like two little half-inch bits. I almost lost the entire hub off that thing. Um, but I'm in the bathroom after my first session. I had gone off like five minutes, and the car just felt like a whole bag of crap um, because Mid-Ohio's got a lot of left-handers. And this wheel uh, was just getting crazy. And Mark Kroom, who now works for Eibach, uh, and he was at the last grid life. They flew in from California. He, At the time, he lived out uh, in the East Coast somewhere. Um, he came up to me in the bathroom. He's like, hey, that's your, that's your CRX that you just bought, right? And he said, your wheel is changing camber like a lot. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I said, that's my one? dynamic alignment, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I said, which one? And he says, the passenger side, rear. And uh, and so I jack it up, and I'm thinking everything's fine, until I like grabbed hold of the wheel and like really really pulled on it, and I changed the I I you know I moved it like an inch, yeah. and I thought what the hell is going on? The bushings are great, they're all new, <laughs> and yeah, it turned out that that trailing arm was breaking. Man. <laughs> so Mark Kroom, I, uh, I I owe him my potential car, race car's <laughs> life. Uh, because if I had gone off for another session, that hub probably would have came <laughs> off. So. Well, I can't wait for Han to meet. I know that's coming up soon. So. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it'll be fun. So I think yeah. we're going to have to wrap this one up, though. Yeah, we're, it's we're uh, running a, a little so. long. Um, uh, that's that's what she said. Hope, hopefully. <laughs> uh, I think that's the second or third time you made that joke here. Yeah, we'll have to start incorporating that. I told Devin that we would incorporate making fun of him into every podcast. We into forgot. every podcast? Yeah, we forgot on the last oh, one. Oh, no. So well, a real quick... Uh, I saw Devin at Fourth of July. He stopped at my house, um, and uh, because we have fireworks right in my backyard, because I back up to a park. Was he in his uh, non-running Miata? Uh, I don't know. He probably—I think he walked <laughs> over. So oh, okay. who knows what he drove? <laughs> oh, so there is our Devin make fun of for the uh, for, for the podcast. So, but uh, anyway, we, we have to make a—that's what she said—joke and a uh, Devin sucks somehow joke. <laughs> So, gotta love Devin. Love his enthusiasm. And yeah. his race cars. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right, buddy. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll talk on Wednesday for a little bit. Otherwise, I'll get some dyno recording. You guys can hear my new megaphone header exhaust. So. All right. Well, that sounds um, great. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I'm Austin Cabot. Yep. I'm Adam Jebate. This is a Slip Angle Show or podcast or radio. Or, or something. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, something. For more information, you can uh, go to facebook.com backslash Slip Angle Show. Yep. Um, we also have email addresses, Austin at Slip Angle Show and Adam, Adam at Slip Angle Show. Angle Show. Yep. Um, so if you guys have any questions, anything, uh, feel free to contact us. <laughs> so, Adam, do uh, you have anything else to add? Uh, fine. You can find uh, 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 Austin on uh, the Track Midwest forum kind of thing <laughs> on Facebook. And, just uh, me. Just me. And you can also find <laughs> Devin there. You can make fun of him. And that's kind of uh, if you want to get a hold of us quick, find us there or send us an email. So check out the uh, – share, share this with your friends if you, if you dig it and uh, – yeah, and if you don't dig it, shut your mouth. So. <laughs> and if you do dig it, leave us a review on iTunes. That helps us climb the yeah. charts. Yeah, we got a few reviews from the last one. Uh, so that one day we might be able to buy a sandwich a month off of this. Yeah, we might be. We might even build by two. So. <laughs> uh, that'd be really nice. Or we could just yeah, we could split. We could split a foot long. Sandwiches are they're expensive. So. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, buddy. I'll talk to you uh, hopefully Wednesday. Have a good night, All everybody. Right. And, or have a good morning if you're listening to this. So. Or afternoon. Thanks, thanks for listening, everybody. All right. Thanks, guys. See you, buddy. Bye.